si tu día suena algo como... Necesitamos el reporte ya mismo. Tú te mereces una modelo. Si no bajas los brazos al escuchar... ¡Dos más! ¡Dos más! Tú te mereces el sabor refrescante de esta lager dorada. Y si no te rindes al oír... Tú te mereces esta cerveza elaborada para aquellos con un espíritu luchador. Modelo, la marca de los luchadores. Todo con medida importado por Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. And welcome back to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me while he is out of the cave. I believe he's been watching the Matrix Resurrections for the 758th time, still falling asleep within the first five minutes. And for all time always, he is back for Mungle, not fame. Matt Mungle, the hardest working man in media and showbiz. How are you? I'm well, my friend. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to have you. Well, I had to have you this week only if for a couple of minutes to talk about something you and I were very excited about, and that is, of course, Star Wars and Disney's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this is going to be a spoiler discussion, guys, so tune out if you don't want to know anything without giving any descriptors, because I'm going to actually ask you a couple of more questions. Matt, overall, what did you think of the series? Um, overall, I thought it was something I really wanted. I'm not sure if I needed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, I think they did a, a step forward in some of the later series we've seen from Star Wars. And so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Now let's get into the specifics. I feel the same as you. There was a lot of misses. There were several hits that made me happy as a Star Wars fan, still processing if it was enough to make it worthwhile. I just enjoyed having the prequel Obi-Wan Kenobi back on the screen. As of right now, I'm going to say yes. What did you feel, and not about the preliminary lightsaber fight where Vader was toying with Obi-Wan before he tapped into the Force, season finale, the lightsaber duel on this desolate moon, I thought was absolutely lights out. Maybe a little too short, but the force powers that they were using, the dialogue was epic, and the lightsaber choreography was astounding. Thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I agree with you 100% on all of that. Um, I felt like the dialogue was the main thing. Uh, yes, the lightsaber fight, like you said, was choreographed perfectly. It was like a dance. It was like what we'd waited you know, five episodes for. We got it. But what hit me the hardest was the dialogue, just the look on... Obi-Wan's face as he's seeing his friend, his Padawan in this turmoil. He can see the turmoil. He can see the pain and the dialogue that they have and the retort that uh, Anakin gives him back. I don't know if I've ever experienced anything emotionally like that in any of the Star Wars canons at all, as powerful as that dialogue was. Uh, and yeah, that, that was just epic. That was, to me, the clincher that made the whole series worth it. I think overall that is really, I think it can save the series because it really ultimately gave us what we wanted. Not just the amazing lightsaber fight, seeing the emotion, like real emotion on Ewan McGregor's face as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Not that originally he thought he killed Anakin Skywalker, but knowing after Anakin even admits it, you didn't do it. I killed Anakin Skywalker and the dread and turmoil on Ewan's face was absolutely astounding. Yeah, and it's brilliant on the writers, too, because that ties in everything that we saw from episode four when old Ben tells Luke that, you know, a guy named Darth Vader killed your father. He could tell him that in complete honesty because he had heard those words from Anakin. He wasn't making that up. 
that's something they had lifted. And for the writers to be able to, to loop that back around and give us that closure to know what Ben was saying when he was talking to Luke about that conversation, I mean, it's brilliant writing. It's, it's knowing your history. It's looping everything together. It's making it cohesive and seamless. And I just thought it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And when old Ben would say that in the original trilogy, I'm like, yeah, a certain point of view, Ben, a little bit of a stretch. Now, when you loop in the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale, I don't think it's a stretch at all, Matt. I think it's like, yeah, Anakin was killed by Vader. That's the way it went down. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a stretch anymore. And I don't think it was cliche on the writers to go, oh, well, we'll just write this in to make it fit. I don't think that's so at all. I think that it was organic. I think that I can I can really picture Anakin and that turmoil he's in telling Ben, uh, telling Obi-Wan that, going, look, my friend, the little bit of good that's in me, I want to let you off the hook. I want you to know that you did not do this. I mean, you know Anakin's been struggling with that whole issue with the whole, everything that he has going on with Palpatine. He's been struggling with that. He knows the consequences of his actions. And there's still enough good in him to tell Obi-Wan, this wasn't your fault, man. This was on me. And some people didn't pick up on that. Some people didn't take that. I'm glad to hear you bring that up. That shows you that there is still good in Anakin, which eventually you do go see again. And it starts to spiral more in that direction come Empire Strikes Back. I absolutely loved it, Matt. By the way, talking with Matt Mungle here, the Entertainment Answer. Go to the Entertainment Answer Dot com, and he's heard across, of course, the Salem Radio Networks. Awesome show. Overall, I'm going to give it, I think, three and a half out of five. There was far too many misses, but it was still overall pretty gratifying. Again, spoiler discussion going on. I didn't think we were going to get it. I thought they were teasing, teasing, teasing. You get to the end of the show. I said, nope, that's it. This show's over. Obi's riding off into the sunset. There is going to be no Qui-Gon Jinn. And Matt, I can't believe I'm saying this, Disney pulled it off. You know, they did. And man, it broke, I have so many theories about where this could go. I don't know what Disney's going to do in the future, if they're going to do a season two, spin off whatever they're going to do. But that was just, to me, I think that was just brilliant. I think, And I think Disney had that in their pocket the whole time. They're like, okay, y'all can talk about what you want. We know what's coming and you're not ready for it. So that was, that was kudos to Disney for not just kind of keeping that under wraps. They know there was no really inkling that that was coming. And so I thought it was cool. Yeah. My son and I kept turning to each other during, during the episode saying they're not going to do it. Yeah. Disney's not going to do it. <laughs> and Disney did it. My only complaint is it wasn't long enough. It was kind of like the Luke Skywalker appearance in The Force Awakens. It's like, come on, guys. We were in this ride. We knew what we were going to get. And you just tease us just enough. And I hope there's a payoff and there's a season two and we do get some more adventures and training between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, there's different directions they can go. Uh, this was, to me, you're right. It was, it was kind of quick. It was like one little adventure from Obi-Wan. We get this little glimpse of him living on Tatooine and working in that little manufacturing plant that he was in. And then all of a sudden he's whisked off on this adventure with Leia, which, again, we haven't talked about that. The whole pact of how that wraps around, we ne- always took it for granted in episode four when, when Leia's putting the plans for the Death Star in R2 and she's like, get this to Obi-Wan. Why would she care about some old hermit off on Tatooine? How does she even think of all the people in her circle of realm of being a princess that she could send those to? 
why she trusted Obi-Wan. And it all went back to just as a young girl, as 10 years old, knowing she can trust this guy to get it done. And let's just say how adorable that girl is that plays young Leia. And let's just be quite frank. It was absolutely precious. And she really does look like a young Carrie Fisher. We also have Hayden Christensen in the Darth Vader suit back as Darth Vader. That was something he's been wanting to do for a while. And I didn't think it was possible pulling Earl Jones basically out of retirement as the voice of Darth Vader was a nice finishing touch on what brought the series together. Yeah. And, and did they, cause I'm, I'm curious, I've seen two different things. Somebody said that they just sampled his voice from the previous recordings and then just laid them in, but he didn't actually come in and voice new tracks that they just sampled his voice and was able to use it. You know, cause they can do that easily. Yeah, that's very possible, but it really did sound seamless. It did. It did. If it is, if it is just all sampled, it's seamless. And regardless, it getting him back and having that original Vader voice, however they did it, was uh, was pretty cool. I will say in closing on Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'd also got my Snowspeeders back, the best vehicle in all of Star Wars other than the Millennium Falcon. So that was a nice touch. And the final question I have for you, Matt, is now with it being done, does this make you eager to see a season two. It does make me eager to see a season two if they do it right. Like you said, there was a lot of misses in this one. They need to polish some things up. To be honest, what I would love to see part of season two be is Luke and Qui-Gon heading off to, um, Obi, um, to, to Yoda. Yeah. Obi and, and Qui-Gon going off to Dagobah and hanging out with Yoda and doing some training there with the three of them learning some things and him coming back. I yeah, because there's that. no reason that, that that even breaks canon. That would actually be really cool. Yeah, yeah. there's no reason that, because, you know, even in episode four, when, you know, Obi-Wan comes back in that little ghost form and says, hey, was I even any different? You know, was I too old to be trained? He's talking about him at that age he is now, learning this new side of the Force with Qui-Gon and Yoda. So there's no reason that that wouldn't fit perfectly in the canon. Exactly. And so we're going to wrap up. I highly recommend if you maybe are behind and you haven't even started watching Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, go check it out. I think overall, Matt, it is definitely worth the watch. Let's take the last 60 seconds, 90 seconds to this segment and talk about the amazing all around movie that is Top Gun Maverick, my new favorite movie of all time. It checks all the boxes in every single way. The amazing practical effects, the amazing stunt work by Tom Cruise, just the amazing new original story, even though there are parts of it that are very nostalgic. It sits currently at the box office. You can check this out at Box Office Mojo, one of my favorite places to go for all the financials. I believe I'm looking at it right now. And I just lost it. Bear with me at... Number 63, Matt, $913 million. People are telling me, because it's not showing in China, that this is not going to break a billion. I beg to differ. Yeah, and congratulations to Tom. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent effort. He's done a great job. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for everybody behind this movie. It's funny, because I've never seen you so excited about a non-Jurassic Park, non-Star Wars, non-Marvel movie ever. I mean, you're texting me all the time going, you know, it's like, I don't need to go to the box office mojo. I got you texting me all the time about what he's doing. He's got <laughs> really, Noah Office Mojo. 
<laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I think if you weren't already engaged, you'd probably marry the film. I just want to be good friends with it. I mean, it was, I appreciated the movie. I think it's great. I'm excited for the, the cast of it. I think what makes it so great is we've wanted this movie for years. We haven't had a movie that felt like this in so long. It's like eating frozen pizza from a grocery store and then going out and having a really gourmet pizza. You're like, this is what it's supposed to be like. And I think it just kind of hits us all in the right places. So, yeah. And the best part about it, Matt, which you and I have have spoke about uh, through text off and on, the amount of political correctness and wokeness in this movie, I can even, I can time it out for you. Zero seconds. Yeah, you know, and you, you and I could do a whole show about that. We, we would probably be on maybe a little bit different spectrum. It doesn't bother me when, when films include that stuff, but you're right. As far as a movie that everybody can go see and everybody can walk out and nobody has any sort of ill feelings about, it's zero. You're right. They made sure that they said this is going to be a film for everybody to see in the theater the way it should be, walk out feeling good, period. I will ask you, and I'll give you mine uh, before we wrap up here, my favorite scene in the movie, and there are so many to choose from, but every time I see it, and I've seen it as of this recording four times now, and that will not be the last, the Dark Star stealth plane scene, just a little push past that 10.4 mark. I mean, that is one of the most thrilling scenes in cinema. Just watching the expressions on Tom Cruise's face is absolutely priceless, Matt. Yeah, that whole, and I think if we're talking about the same scene, when he steals the plane and he's lost the mission and he goes and shows them that you can do it in the time needed and his students are in there. No, no, no. I'm talking the very beginning of the movie, that experimental plane that he's testing where he's supposed to get it to just 10.0 and he pushes it to 10.4. Yeah, yeah. No, that was powerful. But yeah, going back to, I think my favorite scene is the one where his students are watching and he steals the plane and John Hamm's trying to show them that, you know, we can't do it in this amount of time and, and Tom's like, yes, we can. And Maverick takes it through that whole trench and does the flight. And they're just watching him like jaw dropping. That to me is my favorite scene. So many great scenes to choose from. And there's not really one that is uh, incorrect. Everybody's going to have their speculation. But one thing I can say for sure, I've seen very little negative commenting on this movie. Most things are positive when you're talking about Top Gun Maverick. Let's go to theentertainmentanswer.com for everything Matt Mungle. And Matt, where can they find you on the socials? Uh, at the Mungle on Twitter and Instagram it is Mungle Show. You know, you were so dynamic. You milked more than four minutes of Mungle Not Fame into this discussion. But Matt, that's why we have you back on the show because you are just a top-notch cinema aficionado and you know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I appreciate that and I appreciate you letting me go on over time. I hated to hijack your show. Hey, for all time, always, you go back to watching Loki. I know that's what you're, what you're about to do, and I don't want to you know, d- disrupt the flow. No, yeah, okay, I'm going to do that right now, I promise. Thanks for coming on, Matt. You betcha. This is Noah on Across the County. We'll have more of Matt Mungle on the Across the County broadcast, and check him out at theentertainmentanswer.com. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, 
Long time no see. No can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work.